hello again for first time listeners welcome i'm so glad you can join us to get to know another amazing member of our community and for those of you who have heard the show before thank you so so much for rejoining us our hiatus was unexpected and certainly uh, unwanted uh your old host here has gone through some changes in the past couple of months uh to make a long story short and to cut to the chase my marriage had ended rather suddenly I tell you this because there is nothing wrong with taking time away to perform proper self-care and also because it has been requested that no further mention of her or our marriage is to be in this podcast and I am respecting those wishes. Um, Granted, this and a couple of other episodes after were recorded before the split and unfortunately because of that there are some obvious areas of editing and I apologize for that. All things aside, I cannot wait to see where this podcasting journey takes us and where we are going to go in the next step of our of our adventures. Uh, Some more exciting news. We are going to be at Clexicon this year and we have asked to even participate in a panel. So we will be there and you will see me up live speaking. How wild is that? Uh, We are going to be in a panel with several other amazing podcasters. Our panel is going to be over inclusive language. And if you could be so kind as to send us your story of when inclusive language had just been there for you, how you had seen it in your home or your town or your city or anywhere that in your community where it really made you feel a part of it, you know. Hello again and welcome to the Les Represent podcast, the podcast about everything lesbian and lady loving queer and everything in that spectrum. We have a super special guest today and I can't wait to hear about all of her projects and I'm just going to let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Selenia. I'm like, should I say my last name? I'm Selenia Lugo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a grad student at LIU in Brooklyn, and I'm currently in the midst of, I guess, creating a web series about a lesbian, and she comes out at 30 years old, and she begins dating for the first time. So she hasn't done, like, anything. She hasn't even held anyone's hand. Everything is new for her. Um, Yeah, and then I'm also a comedy writer, and I do stand-up occasionally, and I just had my first stand-up show that I hosted with my friend named Becca. That's fantastic, and I'd love to hear about that. And I don't even know where to start my questioning, except that (laughs) the idea of being 30 years old and never dating anyone, for some reason, that resonates within me, even though (laughs) I haven't quite ticked 30 yet. Just to all the listeners my age, it's fine. (laughs) But, like, I I don't know. That really resonates with me, with figuring out, like, just finally figuring out what it is that ticks for you and then realizing that you're behind everyone else who apparently has spent all of their time up until then figuring themselves out and that's that's a fun journey yeah Uh, tell us all about it well I I'm 25 so and I play the main character and um when we were brainstorming I was like I don't know if I look 30 I don't know if I can pull this off and everybody's like no 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 you can and I said oh okay (laughs) that's nice um but I I personally, um, I came out as by senior year of high school. And so even though I came out, I still have never dated anyone and I've never like been with anybody. And it's been seven years since I came out and I still haven't done anything about it. And so I just thought, wow, in five years, i still might not have done anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I wonder what that would look like if I was still doing like romantic first, and it just seems like everybody around me has had like 
five partners and they, you know, or they're getting married. Like I, I have a best friend couple that's like, yeah, in three years we're going to get married. We know that that's, that's done for sure. You're a bridesmaid. And I'm just like, cool. In three years, like, I don't know if I'll have kissed anyone. <laughs> I don't know. So I just, I, that's where it sort of started. Um, the idea of it. And then also people's reaction to it. Cause they're always like, Oh really? You anybody? Like anybody? Right. Like they yeah. treat you like you're a unicorn or something. Like it's yeah. insane. And I, I, I feel that because I was that up until like twenty three. Oh, now my numbers are not as impressive. <laughs> but I was I was pretty much in the same boat, so I remember how that feels like. Yeah, and now I'm just kind of like, maybe I should wait till I'm 30. <laughs> just, And I'm like, am I going to become the character? Like, I wrote it and it feels like I'm predicting the future. But, uh, um, yeah, I just, and I also, uh, like, talking to people, I've had, it's usually, you know, men. They're like, Sonia, you know, if you wanted a boyfriend, you could get a boyfriend. And I'm like, well, I never said I wanted a boyfriend. Thank you. And then <laughs> I'm well aware that if I wanted to date somebody, I probably could date someone. But I'm just... I'm my mother says I'm very picky and <laughs> I'm very difficult I don't know I just I don't like a lot of people in that way and I also like to get to know people before I'm like I don't know crushing on them but then by the time that happens they're like I found a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend <laughs> and I'm like oh cool I mean that I mean yeah everyone can go at their own pace I don't think yeah. that gosh I I hate to say this considering I'm talking to you, but I'm so glad I'm not in the dating world anymore. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're <laughs> like, I don't even I haven't gone on a date in forever because it's just terrible. Like the first episode is based on a conversation that actually happened to me on. It wasn't my first date, but it was one of my first dates in Tallahassee. And this girl was trying to tell me that because she had worked as a parole officer, um, I don't know, like, yeah, like a parole officer at a, um, a jail, that it was the same as having been to jail. And I was like, I can't be here. <laughs> I can't have this conversation with you. You, this, I don't understand what you're not understanding. I, I mean, you didn't go to jail. I mean, yeah, I, okay, okay. Yeah, I that mean, was a I guess real it, thing. I mean, technically being a parole officer, is she like, has she physically been to a jail? Did she just mean right. physically? Because I mean, she, I guess she I, has physically I been was, to a jail. I was like, Jackie, you. I said, did you get to leave at the end of the day? And she was like, yeah. And I go, okay, so you weren't in jail, and yeah. you. I don't. I, I don't understand. And you didn't have to keep paying money to people to be like on <laughs> parole or whatever, and just yeah, like I was, uh, wow. I was just. You were an officer. You don't understand what it's like to be in jail like it's not the same thing you'll like you don't get it and she was just like no like it's pretty much the same thing I've been to jail and I was like you haven't been to jail it was a really weird date <laughs> and wow. she kept, I didn't have a car at the time and she was like making fun of me for not having a car oh, no. it, was, it was like I need to go home I can't do this <laughs> but yeah that was one of that was one of the worst dates I've ever been on so I obviously had to write about it <laughs> I mean I would write about that I feel like that's still like that's still relevant these days. Holy cow. That's, yeah, that's amazing. My friend Becca plays the, the character. I, I exaggerated her for the episode, obviously, but that is a lot of what she said to me. I kept it the same, but like my friend Becca played her and she played her like freaking, I don't know, bananas. She, <laughs> she just exaggerated her a lot. And I was like, no, this is so much better than what I wrote. <laughs> but I think what I wrote was sad. <laughs> that's good. Thank you. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah. So that's where 
that's where the first episode comes from a girl that that <laughs> I there's so much more to this story that I don't mention because it's so like it's so convoluted I met her on tinder and I had swiped what is it left if you don't want to go out with someone I haven't been on tinder in forever I swiped left and there's not a lot of people in Tallahassee so people that you've swiped left on have come up again a lot and so I was like all right whatever and I swiped right and she messaged me and she goes hey do you remember me and I was like no I don't know who you are and she's like we grew up together and I said what I don't know what you're talking about. And she apparently knows my grandmother. Oh, my. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, your grandmother says we should hang out. She thinks we'd get along. And I was like. That sounds like a danger statement. Like, if a man had said that to me, I would be very scared because no one talks to my grandparents. I don't. I was like, I don't even talk to my grandmother. Also, I didn't (laughs) know that she knew I was gay. I didn't tell her. So it was very weird. And then when we hung out, I was like. She really thought we'd get along. <laughs> I don't like you. I don't know. You say the wildest things. I was like, this isn't, I don't know what like, she was talking about. But like, like, did she actually know you? Like, did you guys actually grow up together? Was this just like yeah. her, her, she, no, she knew, she knew my grandmother. She like, I, my grandmother, um, from when they knew each other, my grandmother lived in Miami and my grandmother lives in Jacksonville now, but she was in Miami and. Um, the person that I went on the date with, she lived in Miami. And so I would go visit occasionally. So I suppose I met her when I was younger, but to be like, we grew up together. We didn't really grow up together. I was in Jacksonville, but um, no, she, she knew my grandmother. And at one point she was like, yeah, I just saw your grandmother like last week. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's weird. I haven't seen my grandmother in forever. Oh, wow. That's, you're hanging out with my grandma. That's a special kind of person. I don't, Man, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> like it's weird. I just wow. I know. And then to be, I don't know. And it, she messaged me first. So it was like she was like waiting for me to swipe right to be like, I know your grandmother. And it was just weird. The fact that she would be able to recognize you, though. I mean, I guess she had okay. seen you recently. Like how many years? Like how many? How many years has it been? I I have not been to Miami in a while and I have not seen it. Like I don't talk to a lot of my family. Um, and I feel fine saying that because I'm sure that <laughs> they're not going to hear this. They're not on the internet a lot, but, um, right. uh, I don't remember. See- like, I don't n- remember seeing her ever. I don't know what she's talking about, but I, I have to assume that my grandmother must have shown a picture of me or something or, Maybe a cousin or my aunt did. I don't know, but I, I don't know how she recognized me. I had no idea who she was, so it was very, it was very weird. And then, yeah, I went on a date with her, which I didn't have. (laughs) It sounded a little stalkery. Like, were you in Miami when you went to go? Like, when you went on a date with her, did she move to Brooklyn? No, 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 no. This was this happened in Tallahassee. She was living in Tallahassee. Yeah, and so it was, it was just wild that like. We were both living in Tallahassee, and when we matched, she was like, oh, by the way, I was just in Miami, and I saw your grandmother. And I was like, who are you? I don't know what you're talking about. That's that's scary. I wonder how many other dates she's been on, and she like, happens I saw your- to know their grandmother. <laughs> I, don't, I was like, well, I don't know. Congratulations. You can hang out with my grandmother, I guess. We're not going to hang out again because you're a lot, but yeah. It was oh, God. Weird. It was weird. I, I wish I was a fly on the wall when she, if, <laughs> if she did see your grandmother again, and if she mentioned the date, I would have 
paid money to be on Flannel. Oh, God. Oh, and then this was another thing. She was like, I just hung out with your cousin, too. And I was like, what? She's like, I know. I know my cousin Gabby, who is my, she was talking about my grandmother on my mom's side. And my cousin Gabby is on my dad's side. So the fact that she was like, oh, so, God, there's more. My mom's sister is dating my dad's brother. And so they, I mean, more power to them, I suppose. Yeah. And so everybody knows everybody. And so I suppose if this person was hanging out with my grandmother, it would make sense that she had met my cousin. But it was just weird that she was like, yeah, we're like best friends. And I was like, what? (laughs) Since when? I don't know. She's never mentioned you. But I also don't talk to her a lot. So I don't know. It was weird. That's just so bizarre to like date anyone who knows your family, I guess, because I'm so used to nobody knowing anything about anybody I live with or like anything like that. I'm like so removed from my own family as well. For someone to be like, oh, yeah, I spoke to your grandmother. I'd be like, how do you know me at all? Right? How do you you know them? They live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I just like I don't see them. I've never seen you that I know of that. I mean, if I was five, I don't think it counts. So, like, the fact that you knew my face well enough to be like, hey, I know that person's grandmother. <laughs> and you swiped right, and that was your first message to me. It's weird. This is the wildest story I've ever heard. I can't believe I actually went on a date with her. <laughs> wow. Looking, wait, I, uh, now looking back, I'm like, wait, I shouldn't have gone. Should I? <laughs> but I did. Stranger danger. Literal stranger danger. I know. And I let her drive me home. And now I'm like, wait. That was pretty stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I have no idea. I would, I would hope that her quote unquote being in jail would teach her <laughs> not to break the law or do anything like that. So she's actually not actually in jail, right? Um, but it was wild. It was a wild date. Super wild. But I mean, you have great material now, right? Yeah. No, that first episode just poured out of me. <laughs> I almost did it like word for word. I was like, I can't believe I still remember what she said to me on that date because I was just so blown by it. I was like, who says these things? I've never met someone this delusional. It was weird. I mean, the same person who opened like their opening line when you're asking for a date is I know your grandmother. Right. Yeah. (laughs) As though that'd be an in. I was like, I don't talk to them. So I don't know, man. That's terrifying. I, mean, I guess that has to be added to the list of red flags is if someone <laughs> talks about knowing your family on Tinder when you don't remember them. Yeah. If someone's like, I know your grandmother. It's weird that you don't have a car and I'm going to make fun of you. And also I've been to jail, even though I haven't been to jail. Like those I think are pretty red flags and you should be like, oh, this person is not a person that I'm going to date. I think. Uh, no, especially when they're <laughs> making fun of you for not having a car. Yeah. She was like, well, we went outside and she was bragging about her car. She was like, this is a blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> I don't care. And then she said something like, um, uh, if we hang out again, I'm going to have to pick you up. And I was like, well, we're not going to hang out again. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Did she tell her that before or after she dropped you off? She was like dropping me off. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. but And the place that I picked for us to have dinner, it was like a five minute walk from my apartment. So it wasn't, I didn't feel inconvenienced at all. I was like, I'm fine walking to this restaurant. I literally live right there. So you're making this into this weird big deal as though I complained about taking a bus to another bus and then walked or something. It was like, I don't understand why this is inconvenient for you. I'm the one without a car. Oh my God. I'm 
so happy I don't date anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So how many other amazing dates can make it into your show? Um, so the first episode is about like a, is, is, it's uh, Rosalie going on her first Tinder date. Um, the second episode is, is not about a date, but it's, uh, about my couple best friend that I absolutely love. Um, they're two women and, but they're very, very affectionate and they're very openly affectionate in front of me. And they'll just start like kissing and I have to be like, Hey guys, I'm right here. We're going to watch a movie. I thought, you know, and they, but they, then they're very much like, baby, I love you, baby. And I have to be like, you guys, if you don't stop, I'm going to leave the room. Oh my God. Yeah. So I took that and I exaggerated it. And that's the second episode is like Rosalie hanging out with her disgustingly in love couple or whatever. But, um, I have plans for the last three episodes to introduce like a, a romantic, I don't know, character. The, the first three episodes are based on things that have like loosely happened to me that I've taken and just exaggerated. But the, the remaining three episodes are going to be something I have to sort of like invent things because at some point I do want the character to like get a first kiss or get a girlfriend. And so I haven't done those things. So I'm going to have to make that up. So it's no longer really going to be rooted in things that have happened to me past the third episode. It's all going to be sort of, it's going to be more fictional or I suppose like what I would want to happen to me if it were going to (laughs) happen. That's what it is. So I, so before going more into this, because I feel like we'll start heading into spoily territory and I am glutton for spoilers. So let's, let's go, let's go a different direction. Okay, yeah, that's what I was trying to be vague. <laughs> Let us go into what made you want to actually do it as a web series, like in that medium. So it started out as a, a class project thing. Um, there's someone who helps me. Uh, um, she's going to be the editor for the final three episodes because I've been using iMovie and I'm just terrible at it. But um, uh, Brie Castellini, uh, she was my oh, teacher. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's great. Oh my god, she's. Uh, I don't even know what to list her as because she helps me out with so much stuff. I I feel as though she's like a producer or whatever. But she she does a lot. She's been on yeah. she's been on the podcast. She's she's a fave. Yeah, she's great, and so and she's so smart. And so she was my teacher, and we had a web series class, and we had to create a pilot. And after I did the pilot, I was like, I want to finish this. I want to actually have a full first series, you know, whether or not I do a second series is, you know, debatable. I don't, I don't know where I'll be by the time that I would need to film that, but I do want to like finish this series. So it started because I had to do it (laughs) and then it's finishing because I want to do it. So, and I just feel that I watch a lot of web series. I don't know if you ever saw the one. Um, I think her name is Amy Rubin or something. It's, um, little horribles. Honestly, I haven't seen a lot. I literally okay. live under a rock. So don't, don't it's like, a, well, yeah. It's, well, I, I in, in undergrad, I used to uh, skip class. Um, I would stay in and watch <laughs> YouTube videos. <laughs> and I would skip anthropology. And I would just be watching, like, Little Horribles. I would watch Issa Rae. I was watching Grace Helbig. So I really love that platform. And I like how easy and accessible it feels. And so I think even at at some point we, uh, like me and my friends were talking about doing a, a web series of some sort. So I think at some point I would have done it even if I didn't have to, just because 
it's something that I enjoyed watching. And when they're like five minutes, it's like, you know, you can watch it in the bathroom. You can watch it in your bed before you go to sleep because you don't want to turn on the TV because it's so bright. Like, I just find that they're it, they're so accessible and, and portable. And I really like watching them, especially I don't like really long ones because I'm like, all right, let's wrap it up. But like I Little Horribles is a great one. I would watch. I would recommend that for sure that I it's so funny. And I tried to do something uh, I would say I would say I'm like partly inspired by it. Because I think that you can watch any episode of my web series and sort of pick up what's happening without having watched the previous episode. But there is still a consistent narrative throughout. Like the whole thing is still about her finding a girlfriend or being so obsessed with the idea of finding a girlfriend. But you could watch like the second episode and get the gist of what's going on in that episode and enjoy it without having seen the first. Or you could watch them out of order or something. But yeah, that's why I did a web series. (laughs) I'm really excited about the show, though. About oh, my show? Yes, yes. I, I don't know. Like... I thought we were talking about Little Horrible, so I was like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might put that on my to-watch list for later. Yeah. But I'm really excited for your show because I feel like a, a, there's a lot of people out there that can really plug into that. Like, I've, yeah. met, I've met people that didn't come out until they were 40. Yeah, exactly. And also, I I don't see a lot of, like... I'm very interested in people saying, okay, this is something I want now. How do I get it? And, or, or becoming like set on an idea of something and then be so set on it. Like I want the character to be like, I need to get a girlfriend by the end of the year. And then when she does, it's like, okay, now what? Like, did you just, you know, why is this so important to you? What are you trying to prove? And I think that that's interesting to me because I feel that sometimes I'm like, oh, clock's ticking. I'm almost 30. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, wait, why though? Like if you're going to date somebody, hopefully you're dating them because you like them and you want to be with them, not because you're like, "Uh, I have like a box to tick. And so I, I find that very interesting. And then also I don't see a lot of like, you know, fat women at the, the forefront of things. And it's, it's nice to see, I mean, for me, and that's partly why I wanted to be in it. It's, it's just nice to see like bigger women, like being romanticized or, you know, finding romantic fulfillment. We're always like the, the funny, uh, best friend who's like super excited for the main character to <laughs> get laid, but <laughs> we don't want to get laid at all. <laughs> and I'm like, I promise <laughs> we want that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It just makes me think of the Fat Amy and oh, uh, what is that freaking joke pitch, called? Pitch, yeah, pitch. yeah. But she had like seventeen boyfriends or something. Right. Yeah, that was great. And I was like, cool. I, I, I was about to say cool, but make her gay, because then I'll be like, yay! But like, they did have a gay character, and she was great. And I, I loved mean, her. That show, ugh, the way they handled things, it's. Man, I'm still scarred from, like, all of their promos for Pitch Perfect 3. Yeah, no, no, no. The third one is not. <laughs> that was blatantly awful. Like, why yeah. did they do that? I remember watching it, and then I remember thinking, why am I watching this? And I was like, oh, it's free. I, where I found it, it was, like, free. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll watch it. Just to finish it. But the first one is great. Yeah, I still haven't. I I don't think I've seen the second one or the third one, now that I think about it. I have really bad only watched. I've only watched the first one. I think I have really bad commitment issues when it comes to, like, having to wait a year for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. I also just got on, like, AMC Stubs, 
So I'm obsessed with going to the movie theater because I'm like, it's free. It's not free. It's $20 a month. But in my mind, because I get to see three a week, I'm like, it, it's free. It's free movies. Yeah, that's actually, that pricing makes good sense because you go to the movies, yeah. it's like $15 for one person. Right, exactly. In New York, it was like $18. Holy and I was, Yeah, and I came from Florida and I was like, $18 for a freaking ticket and I might fall asleep because I tend to fall asleep pretty easily, especially if I go at night. Oh my and I was God. like, I'm I'm paying $18 to sleep. So $20 a month, you get to see. I feel like I feel like I constantly talk about AMC Stubbs. I feel like they're greatest promoter and I should get paid. But uh, $20 <laughs> a month, you can see three a week. And that's, I don't know, in my mind, it was like amazing. I mean, it's not better than Movie Pass, but Movie Pass is gone and that's that's fine. What was Movie Pass? I don't remember Movie Pass. Movie Pass was this thing. My mom got me a gift of it and it was like, $10 a month, you can see a movie, one movie, every single day. and oh, everyone, I didn't see why that went out. Yeah, and AMC hated it, and they were like, this is not good, this won't do well, this will go under, and I was like, maybe it will, but I'm going to use it until it does. So I was literally watching a movie almost every day. I was seeing almost everything that was coming out, even, even things I didn't care about, because I was like, why not? It's free. I mean, I get it. Like, how much how much money can they possibly make off the popcorn? I don't. I can right. see why that went down. That that's like. Oh yeah. That's a really good deal. That's like a steal, literally. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Somebody was saying that the point of Movie Pass wasn't to make money, and that they actually did. Uh, I don't know if this is a conspiracy theory, but it they did it to see which movies you wanted to see, and they collected that data or something. And I was yeah, like, but, oh. Crap. Like, but you weren't helping that survey at all. You were just like, I don't know what this is. I'm just going to exactly. I was like, well, they're not going to get much from me because I was seeing anything that came out. <laughs> that makes sense. Like, now I'm sitting here wondering, like, how much is it to really gather data? Like, how much do they really, like, that, I mean, obviously the, the information must be fantastic to have because if you're going to make a new movie, if you have these stats saying, okay, this is the movie we're going to make instead of, like, I don't know, throwing money into abyss for crazy right. movies that don't do well. Um, but at the same time, I'm just like, can't I just sell my information to you and actually get paid directly for that? I mean, right. Come on. Or you could send me a questionnaire that's like, hey, yeah. what movies would you be interested in? And like, then you could make that movie. Exactly. Like, it's that's ridiculous. But of course, they don't want to pay people directly. I mean, otherwise, no. all those whole, to do this questionnaire and be entered into this survey. Right. I, mean, I just, come on. Well, it just feels like, why do they need my data? It's not like they're making movies for me anyway. I feel like, <laughs> I, I feel like I go to the theater and I go, oh, that, well, that wasn't made for me. Another movie with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Oh, wow. That's inventive. I just like, I, there's, I don't know why they need my data. It doesn't seem like they care. I mean, that's, that's so true. It hurts. It's like, it's not like they're making movies for us anyway. Right, exactly. So I'm just, I keep seeing all these like statistics about how like Hispanics make up a huge portion of moviegoers and yet we're not reflected in film or TV as much. And I'm like, yeah, but we go to the, the movie theater and you must have the data on that and you aren't making those movies or you're not funding those movies, you know, or you're not seeking those voices. And it's like, you have the data. So <laughs> what's the excuse anymore? Because you just don't then, care. Because then the white man's not making the money off Exactly. It. You just don't um, care. Gosh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I'm, I am at a current point in my life where if there's not gay people in it, I actually just <laughs> do not care. 
I, I physically will not make an effort to go watch anything if it does not have canon gay couple. I like I, I won't even like settle for subtitles or subtitles, <laughs> subtext <laughs> anymore unless I just I don't know really love the idea of that couple. And I'm like, yeah. how how do other people go watch movies that they're not interested in? I just it's really hard. I'm, I, I'm I, in a weird place. I'm in a weird I place. Think, well, I think having AMC stubs helps because, like, <laughs> I think I saw I saw a tag and there was, like, one woman and I was sitting in the theater and I was like, wait, why did I come to this? I knew I wasn't going to like it. I knew I wasn't – this isn't my kind of movie. There's no women and they don't talk to each other. But I still saw it and it was terrible. So. <laughs> it does not pass the Bechdel test. Um, oh, not even close. There was, like, one gosh. wife or something and you know they're always like super fun but they're like okay time for the boys to have fun i'm gonna go back to like being in the background or something i'm gonna disappear okay. during the climax of the movie and not have Pretty anything much. to do with anything yeah so i don't know but then when i do see something that looks great i'm like i i am there like i saw hustlers twice i saw the favorite in the theaters twice like the favorite was great i just thought it was so fun still haven't seen that movie it didn't have a lot of releases in texas and i have i'm not surprised at all Mm -hmm. by that um but i there was i had a moment and then i was and then i got sick and i was like crap no (laughs) so i'll go see it later and then it was gone and i was like okay i'll see it one day and then one day of course takes years to come <laughs> right well I think I I feel very lucky because when I was in Tallahassee there's like a I went to FSU and there's a film school so I think that they are not not like big into well they you know they showed moonlight which which is very hard to find in you know like a small place and in, in Florida like my friends live in Gainesville and they'll be like that movie didn't come here because it's not considered big enough you know it's not a blockbuster but in Tallahassee I was lucky enough that they had those movies but then by the time the favorite came out I'd already moved to New York so I was like at this point I'm gonna see everything because everything passes through here even the small stuff so I'm very fortunate with that but I think the favorite might be on Hulu or maybe it's HBO now or something so there's probably that. on HBO yeah so that's probably what it is there's ladies in it doing <laughs> yeah. doing things so it's it's probably on HBO. <laughs> yeah. It was just really funny. It's not like, I, uh, it's not a happy gay movie, but no, it's very, I wouldn't imagine. Yeah. But it's a very interesting story and it's just a little, it's like kind of weird and that's really, and then the, the actresses are just so amazing. So I, I really loved it. And then I was sad. It didn't, it didn't win the best picture. Did it? I don't remember. What won best picture? One of them won something <gasps> and that's I, what mattered. Yeah, I think Green Book won. That wasn't good. But yeah, I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of movies. But I mean, you could tell me about all of them, and I'd be like, I didn't see any of those movies. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, I saw Green Book. I think I might have fallen asleep, but... I've heard something about Green Book, and then... I mean, all I ever hear are people's opinions about things, and if I'm going to be real with myself, that's kind of all <laughs> I want to hear. Yeah. I don't actually want to see it and form my own. I want to hear other people's opinions. Do you have, um, like, you just you just have them explain the synopsis to you and whether or not they thought it was good, and you're like, all right, I saw the movie. I mean, that's that's pretty much what I do <laughs> when I listen to, like, movie podcasts. I'm just like, tell me about the movie so I don't have yeah. to see it myself. Like, the podca- the movie podcasts, they're like, oh, we're going to try to keep spoilers out so we're going to make it really vague. I'm like, why are people listening to this? Right. I and don't want people. spoilers. Like, that's what I want. I don't have time for anything. That's how I feel with certain movies that are, like, considered classics. I just have people tell me what they thought about them, and I'm like, all right, I saw Fight Club, and I'm not going to personally, physically watch it myself. But I think I know it. 
I think there's a time and a place for Fight Club, but I think that time was like 10, 15 years ago. That was a pre-9-11 world. Let's just say right. that much. Yeah. No, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. But I just listen to people, I listen to people's like critiques on it and I feel as though I have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I heard the book was better, but I also hear that the whole thing was supposed to be satire. And as with all things written in satire, the, it just gets lost. Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh, we could sit here and talk all day about mis- yeah. misunderstood satire. Uh, but we're talking about your stuff. Yes. <laughs> okay. So let's let's travel a little further back. Have you always wanted to do TV? Because you went to you went to school for it, like TV yeah. writing. Yeah. So I, I I always loved watching movies and TV shows and like reading books. I didn't have a ton of friends. I was that type of person where I found one person I liked and then that was it. I didn't want to talk to anybody else. I'd be like, why would I want to make extra friends? I have one. I'm fine. (laughs) And then, and then I'd go home and I'd watch TV. And then like, that was all I needed. And also I lived in a very, um, uh, I don't know how to phrase it. uh, Overprotective household where there weren't, I wasn't allowed to like go to people's houses. I finally got a phone like an actual phone that I could text people with senior year of high school. Oh, like wow. I, I wasn't allowed to like do anything. I re- really wasn't. So I, I would just watch TV. It's <laughs> pretty much where I'd read books and, and then I, you know, started writing, but um, yeah. And so then when I went to undergrad, I was initially um, a retail merchandising major and I was in like a, an accounting class and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this isn't what I want to do. I don't know why I'm pretending that it is for some reason. And so my friend at the time, she was like, you need to go change your major. You need to switch. I can't believe you haven't done it yet. And I was like, well, the English department is on a hill and I don't want to climb it. And she was like, yeah, I give this whole thing. I was like, I don't want to walk up the hill. It's kind of far. And she was like, Selenia. And so she like made me go with her and I filled out the paperwork and I switched to English major. And then I did, um... Uh, film studies as my minor. And then after I graduated, I, I knew I wanted to move to New York and I knew I wanted to write for television, but I wasn't really sure about how to get there. I didn't, I didn't have a plan past, Oh, I'm going to move to New York. So I had like a whole spreadsheet of like uh, apartment stuff, apartment hunting stuff. I'm, I'm very organized with like Excel spreadsheets and stuff, but I, I had no plan after, Oh, save up this much money and get there. And then I saw on Facebook that somebody in a class I'd taken at FSU had gotten into um, LIU in Brooklyn for the TV writers um, MFA. And I was like, what is that? And so I just applied on a whim. I thought if I get in, great. If I don't, I'm still moving to New York. I know that that's going to happen. I've been saving up for two years. Like it was this whole thing. And then I got in and I was like, oh, Okay, I think it was the only place that I applied to. Like, I didn't think I was going to go to grad school, but I got in and I had never written a script or anything. I'd only ever written, you know, short stories or personal essays. But um, uh, the old head of the department, Norman Steinberg, he just stepped down. Um, when he called me to tell me I got in, he was like, you know, you haven't written a script or anything, but I can tell that you're a storyteller and I think we can teach you how to write a script. And at this point, I've written like, almost three. Well, no, I guess I've written more. I forgot about my web series, but yeah, I, I haven't stopped writing since like, I feel like a little machine, but yeah, I, I want to, I want to write for television. That's all I've ever really wanted. And then once I admitted it, 
it just felt kind of scary to be like, this is something that I want and to let everybody else know that it's what I wanted because it's something that a lot of people want. And so when you stand there and you're like, I want it too, it's like you're saying, I think I'm special enough to get it. And there's so many people that want this. It's like, yeah, but why are you specifically special enough, you know, or are you talented enough, that sort of thing. So I think that's why I was like, oh, I don't think I'm funny enough to write comedy. I make every person I meet laugh, but I, I don't know that I'm a comedian. And then <laughs> I don't know that I could do that. And so, and then once I was like, no, I'm, I'm pretty funny. So I, it just, it sort of just like fell into place. It was like, I'm going to write comedy and that's it. And if somebody wants to hire me, that's great. If not, I'm going to make my own stuff. I'm just, I'm going to do it. So yeah, I've always wanted to write for television. <laughs> You said that you always wanted to, mm-hmm. but do you know, like, is it, is it just when you applied that it really became, okay, this is definitely what I want to do? Or was there a time before then, like a, a real urge to write television other than the fact that you watched it all the time and it was so integrated into your life that you just wanted to be a part of it? I, I think that I knew before I applied, like I definitely, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to write a movie, but I didn't have, you know, like final draft. I didn't have any of the formal training. And so it made me feel like every time I sat down to write something that I was doing it wrong, or I didn't have the, um, you know, in class we learned about like creating outlines and that's been very helpful for like drafting a script because it makes me feel like I know where I'm going with it. I know how to begin it. I know how to end it. And I didn't have those things. So I was sort of like, aimlessly walking around trying to create something and not understanding how to go about constructing it. And I think that and not having done it made me think that I couldn't do it. And so I think after I applied and after I got in and after I've actually written, like I've written almost two, I've written two TV pilots at this point and I'm working on a third I think after you write the first one, you know, you get final draft, you're like, all right, this is formatted right. I don't have to worry about that. I learned how to make an outline. I know how, you know, how beats work. I know how to break down a scene. I had all this information that I didn't have before. And I think that gave me confidence to be like, oh, I think I could do this. You know, the not having done it and not having any of the tools that some people have made me feel like, like I wasn't naturally talented enough to just do it on my own. But now that I, I've learned how to do it, I'm like, oh yeah, I for sure, this is this is what I want. I, every time I, I would, I, when I was skipping class <laughs> in undergrad, <laughs> I would watch like um, bloopers from like Parks and Rec or just like comedies that I really loved. And I would always just be like, that's what I want. I want to work in television. That's 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 it for me, really. I, I mean, I'm sure I would love to do other things. I've always thought about having my own production company or something so that I could make the type of content that I want to watch because I don't think I see it enough. But I just, that's what I've always wanted. I, it just always looked like so much fun. And maybe it's not, but I won't know until I get there. But I I, I just wanted to have fun. <laughs> and I just wanted to make stuff because I just felt like, I felt like the stuff I was watching I don't know. I just wanted to see weirder and cool and gay stuff. And I was like, I'll just have to make it. And that's it. Yes. <laughs> you go. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I did always, I did always want to write TV. It's just that 
I don't think I had the confidence that I do now. And now after learning how to write and construct a script, I'm like, cool, maybe I could write satire. And I've had a couple of like comedy pieces published. And that's something that I would not have done like two years ago. And then I did an open mic and I took like stand up classes and I hosted my own show. Like these are things I never would have done two years ago because I was like, oh, nobody, nobody. I have an annoying voice. Nobody wants to hear me say these things. Lies. Like, I know. And when I was 17, somebody was like, you're really funny. You could do stand up. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm funny, like conversationally. I'm not like funny, like ha ha stand up write a joke you know what I mean I couldn't do that and he was like why and I went uh I don't know so but like now I just feel like the more I do something the more I don't know the confidence I have to do other things that I've secretly wanted to do but didn't want to admit absolutely yeah absolutely so how did you get into stand up like how did that process work well I've always loved comedy and um I've always loved watching stand-up. I used to go watch, and I would watch improv and stuff, and I was too nervous to actually try out for this improv troupe at FSU, but I used to I used to watch them, like, every time they had a show, and I became friends with some of the people, so, I, like, I went to an improv jam. It didn't go very well, and I remember being like, yep, that's it. I, that's what I thought. I'm not funny. I can't do this, and so I... Oh. Yeah, like no no it's not for me I'm just it's just not who I am and so then when I moved to New York I had seen a UCB show before and I just was like you know what this is a new year we're not in Florida anymore we're not the same person so I went and I took a an improv class and at least this way like you they're so expensive that you you know you have to show up you have to do it you can't just quit after one day goes bad which is what I had done in Florida so I did it. I hated it. (laughs) I realized that improv is just, I don't know. It's just not really for me in that way. And I, I am a writer. And so I was like, okay, the next class I take, I think is going to be a stand-up class because I need to be able to like write my thoughts down. And then if I wanted to on the fly, I could improvise off of that, but I need to have some sort of like base because without that, I sort of, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing and that makes me uncomfortable. And then I sort of like freeze and I also have like social anxiety. So then I'll probably start to shake or something. So I'm like, I need to at least jot some thoughts. So I took a, um, a standup class. It was an all women standup class and it was great. And, um, that's where I met some of the people that helped out with the web series. And then from there I was like, all right, we're going to do, we're going to just do one more. So I took another standup class, but this one was an all women's. Um, and this one was like closer to my apartment. So that's why I chose that one. And, uh, and then my friend in the class was like, I'm going to an open mic. Do you want to come? And I was like, um, I really hate open mics. I don't know if I should do that because even in the first day of class, I hadn't gone to an open mic. Like I would only perform in the class and we had the grad show and I did really well. I got a lot of laughs and I was like, what if I go to open mic and I don't do well? And then I don't know. It feels like it was fake. But then I went to the open mic and I performed and I bombed. (laughs) And um, bomb is in good or bomb is in bad. Bad. Um, I got like a couple chuckles, but it just was not. uh, It was not good. It was this weird bit that I created where it was. um, It's like a woman slowly losing her mind over the fact that her friends aren't like (laughs) uh, messaging her back (laughs) properly, like like there's unspoken rules about the way that you have to interact in like a group chat. And so I was like, what if I took 
the tiny feeling that I have sometimes of being ignored and I blew it up and I made this person just wild. And so I like in the bit with me covering my face with my hair and I scream and they were not feeling it. <laughs> and um, I wrote a piece about it and then I got that piece published and I was like, okay, I feel better. And I was talking to, <laughs> yeah. And I was talking to my friend and I was like, I just don't like open mics. There's just like a culture there. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but there's, it just depends on the open mic you go to, I guess. But, and there are some that are very like LGBTQ inclusive, which are great. And they really try to like be a safe space and, um, for you to like perform and do things. But, um, the one that I went to, it just sort of felt like everybody knew everybody and yeah. And they only wanted to like laugh for the people that they knew or they came with. And this one guy came with like seven people do that why would you go to open yeah. night and be like i'm only gonna laugh for that person this is not right. like a rap battle i don't understand right. and this guy came with like seven people and before he had even started speaking they were already cracking up and i was like you don't even know if your friend's funny he hasn't spoken yet you're just laughing but then you know when i went up there and my friend went up there we didn't she i think she got a good amount of laughs but i didn't really get I don't know. I didn't feel like people were listening, but maybe they were. And maybe I just didn't do well. You know, maybe I was nervous. But in my mind, I was like, there has to be a better way to test out material there. Like, I just I was talking to my friend Becca and she agrees that sometimes there's just this culture at open mics where it's like it's a lot of dudes. They're there for each other. They're not paying attention because they're also rehearsing for when they're about to go on stage. And so you're testing out material and you don't know if it's funny or not because people aren't giving like a genuine reaction. You know, they're they're jotting down notes for their set or they're leaving after they're done. And so you're just like, I want to perform somewhere where people listen. And if I bomb, then at least it's like, okay, they heard me and they didn't like it versus like, I don't know if this is funny or not. Cause it doesn't seem like you're even listening to it. So then that's what inspired us to put on our own stand-up show. And we were like, we're just going to invite people we think are funny and we're going to make people listen because I mean, they're not going to be there unless they're wanting to hear comedy. You know, at an open mic, people just kind of go there to test out bits. They're not always there to, like, see other funny people. Sometimes it's a, it's a very – it can be a very self-involved thing if you're just, like, focusing on your own set. So that's how I hosted my own first show, which was, like, last week. It went pretty, it went pretty well, which is great. Um, how many people were yeah. there? It was a small venue. We didn't think we'd have a lot. So we had about maybe 20 people or so, I, I think. I want to say 15 to 20, which was more than I thought. I was nervous we'd go out and there'd be like five people. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was it was really nice. And people, the premise of our show was that like, we don't think people are listening. And so the whole point of this show is that we're going to challenge you to listen. And so we gave everybody a piece of paper and um, a, a small pencil if they wanted to jot down notes from the sets that they heard. And then halfway we came, halfway in the show, we came out and we would ask questions about the different comic sets to be like, oh, to test if they were listening, you know? And so then we'd give them candy if they got the right answer. So it was like partly trivia. And then we also tested ourselves at the end because we were like, well, it's only fair to make sure that we're also listening, you know, because sometimes I think that I, I get kind of nervous and I check out and I just want, I wanted to do something where it was like, I'm, I'm active. Like I'm here and I'm paying attention and we're all agreeing to go on this journey together and we're all agreeing to like listen to comedy and we're not, you know, wondering what's going on on Twitter or something. So yeah. So that's how 
I fell into doing stand-up. I don't do, I don't really do open mics regularly or anything. It was just the one time and I was like, no, I'm good. So, <laughs> but I, I, I just think that I'm more of a writer, even performing and hosting the show was really fun, but I'm one of those people that I could write something and somebody else performs it and I would be perfectly fine with that. Like I, I wouldn't be like, God, I wish that was me getting all the claps. Like I, I, it's just not who I am. And sometimes, you know, and I perform in my web series and stuff, but it's just, it's not my, I don't think it's my ultimate goal. And maybe that's just me needing to work on my journey of self-confidence. You know, like two years ago, I didn't think I'd do stand up at all. So maybe in two years I'll be like, I love the limelight and I want to be an actress. Like, I don't know, maybe, but but yeah, so that's why I write stand-up and I do stand <laughs> <laughs> So is this, is this like a, a get-in-free thing or do you have to pay for tickets? Um, this The place that we hosted the show was $10. Uh, the open mic that I went to was free. That, so that makes was, more sense because I can't imagine yeah. anyone going to a stand-up and paying money and then not paying attention to what you're watching. Uh, Actually, yeah, there are open mics that do cost money where you have to like pay $5 or something to perform. Uh-huh. Um, but so it, it really just depends on where you're going. This the one that I went to was it was free. It was in Williamsburg. It's like this kind of scary looking basement. <laughs> um, and the, it's just and it was very hot. It was like I I walked in and I just saw a bunch of men and I was and I immediately turned to my friend and I was like, this isn't gonna work. Like I just know. And maybe that was I maybe I set myself up for failure by just immediately thinking, oh, this is gonna go poorly. And so maybe you know maybe that's why it went poorly. But from there on, I was like, I'm going to perform if I feel like people are at least wanting to hear what I say. And then if they don't oh, like yeah. it past that, then, you know, then at least I know it's my content, you know? Right, right. That makes more yeah. sense. Yeah. So we're hoping to put on another show, I think, in November, but we'll see. It's, uh, I would like to find a venue where the show could be free. I don't, I I don't want to charge people $10 to come see it. It's not like I saw any of the profits anyway. It's, so no one's getting paid to perform in it. I don't think people should have to pay to see it. It would be nice to put on a free show. Right. I, I don't even know where to begin with any of that. Yeah. <laughs> but I hope you find a way. Thank you. <laughs> probably It'll probably be at like a bar somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, people pay for drinks. I mean, I right. Yeah, bars normally they'll do free shows because they're like, well, people will buy alcohol anyway, so and that's care. why we want them here. So right, exactly. So yeah, it can be free. I don't care. Absolutely, absolutely. So, do you want to get into about your journey with discovering that you were queer? Sure. the The story that I always like to hear from people is when was the first time that they knew that queer was a thing or just anything that wasn't straight like when did they have that realization so I I have relatives that they'd be like oh your cousin or whatever is is bi or um there's like these two friends on my dad's side they were a couple it's like Chuchi and Pedro and I but I never like got it. Like it never really sunk in and I knew the words, but I didn't understand. And I also had never really seen anything gay. Like I was very sheltered. Like my mom saw you that show Sister Sister. She saw one of the girls in the show kiss a boy and was like, "Oh, you can't watch this." Which oh, was wow. weird. 
yeah, like it was weird because then I'd watch other stuff where people were kissing. So I was like, I don't understand why this show in particular, but I wasn't allowed to watch Sister Sister. I wasn't allowed to watch Boy Meets World. Like, what? it was a lot. Of, yeah, I know. There's a lot of things I wasn't allowed to do. And so because of that, I think I was just whatever. If it wasn't in a book I was reading, I didn't know about it because <laughs> I there was it was very limited <laughs> the things that I could watch. And then eventually, once I got older, then, you know, I was like watching sneaking stuff on like my iPad or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, we would watch, like, music videos. Um, that was something we were allowed to do. And then during the summer while my parents were gone, obviously we were watching, you know, music videos. And no one was there to to be like, oh, that's a bad one. Change it. You can't watch that. That's inappropriate. So we were watching whatever we wanted. I was a very anxious person. So, I like, if my mom said I wasn't allowed to watch Boy Meets World, then I wasn't going to watch Boy Meets World. And that was it. Like, even if she was gone, I wasn't going to sneak it. I was very obedient. I had, I had I, it's something I had to work through where it was like, I have to do what she says. I don't know why, but I just do. And then, so um, I remember we were like flipping through the channels and there was a, the Christina Aguilera beautiful music video was on. And I didn't think anything of it because it's, you know, it's whatever. It was just Christina Aguilera. And there's like one small scene. I haven't seen it in forever, but there's like a scene where it's like, um, two men are kissing or something. And it's like pretty small from what I can remember. Maybe I should rewatch it. But I saw that briefly and my dad like changed the channel or something. Too late. And I, yeah, you saw it. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, your mother's going to be upset about this. She's like, she's not going to be happy you saw this. And I remember thinking like, I don't know why, but okay. So that was like the first time I ever really saw anything because I wasn't really allowed to watch much. Like when we'd watch movies together, they'd always make me like cover my eyes for anything they felt was inappropriate. So like maybe it wasn't, but they were like, this is inappropriate. So I'd have to close my eyes. So like, goodness, yeah. And I wouldn't even peek. Like I was like, if I have to close my eyes, I'm closing my eyes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wish that I had been more rebellious, but um, <laughs> yeah, that was the first time that I ever like really saw anything that was like queer and then uh, but it never occurred to me that that could be me I remember I I was like cracking jokes in junior high and I was like oh I could never kiss a girl <laughs> you know I would like lean in and I'd be like whoa, whoa, whoa we can't do this and then I don't I don't remember why I started saying that but I was like um Sunny likes boys <laughs> that was like a big thing that I was starting to say it was some weird joke and it was like you're saying this a lot for some reason, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're like putting it on, and then, um, and so then senior year of high school, I finally got like an iPod Touch, and um, and I had like the YouTube app on it, and the movie Cruel Intentions was on YouTube, and it was in like parts, so it was like part one, part two, and I was watching the different parts to try to watch the movie because I couldn't watch it on Netflix because I get caught or something, and I. I didn't have a TV in my room. Like I didn't have anything. I didn't have a laptop. So it was like, I got to watch this on YouTube. And, um, and there's a scene where like Selma Blair and Sarah Michelle Gellar kiss. And she's like teaching her how to kiss. And the first time I watched it, I didn't watch that scene. Cause I had been so conditioned to be like, this is inappropriate for some reason, even though it's not. And I covered the screen or maybe I changed it, I don't remember, and I finished the movie or whatever, and I was like, I don't need to watch that, you know, that's not for me, I'm not interested in that, thank you, though, and then I watched the movie again for some reason, and when it got to that scene, I was like, you know, Sonia, you're not a homophobe, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to watch that, and so, <laughs> I <don't watch> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, 
oh interesting <laughs> oh interesting yeah and and then I like was a woman obsessed I found just like a clip of that scene where they're kissing and was like watching it on YouTube just I just I hadn't seen it before and I was like oh like that's right that's what that is like it I knew the words and I understood everything but it didn't and for some reason it just didn't click and so when I saw it I was like oh, I think that I want that and so it was it was very it was a weird place because it was like senior year of high school I'm going off to college soon. My parents are getting a divorce. A boy just asked me out. And I was like, also, I think I'm into women. It was a very <laughs> it was a weird place to be in. And so, yeah, that was like my first real understanding of it. And I, looking back, I'm like, there are so many tiny moments where I feel like I should have thought, um, this is, this is gay activity. <laughs> what this you're doing. This <laughs> is pretty gay. I used to like listen to Pussycat Dolls and just like stare at the album cover. We would just stare at it and I'd be like, I just really like their outfits, but it was just staring at it. And I didn't understand why. <laughs> I was at it. And so I don't know, just tiny things like that where I'm like, I, I don't understand how you didn't get it. But, um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and that movie just changed my life. <laughs> it's a good movie. Uh, and then that was the same year that I like. I had never. I don't. I don't know if this is TMI. I had never masturbated. It never. I was like, if you need to do that, you're weird. Like, I don't need to do that. Be a grown up. That's gross. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I watched that, and I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I see what's happening. <laughs> Because I'd never, I had never been exposed to that in that way, especially like if I had watched anything ever, it was always appropriate. And so I was always closing my eyes, but like, this was me in my room alone on my iPod. No one was there. I could think what I wanted. And I like watched it and I was like, oh, this, I get it. This is it. <laughs> so Sarah Michelle Gellar corrupted you essentially. Yeah. And Selma Blair. That's important. Both of them together. <laughs> Yeah, well, and Summer Blair looks beautiful in that movie. I just rewatched that clip the other day just to be like, I remember this being so important. Is it still? And I was like, Yep, still hot. <laughs> I mean, she hasn't she hasn't changed that much. She kind of she kind of still looks the same, and it's insane. Yeah, no, they're both still beautiful, and I was just like, Yeah, wow. Yeah, I haven't even seen that movie, but I know exactly the scene that you're talking about because I have also looked that scene up on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, I was just, I, I, it didn't, I don't know. And then I, I remember like my friend had actually just come out to me as gay the year before. And for some reason I thought he was like lying. I was like, um, okay, if you're trying to trick me though, I don't like that. I don't like jokes like that. And he was like, no, I'm actually coming out. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And then the next year I saw that and so then I came out to him and I was like, um, is it? I mean, is it gay to want to kiss women? Is that okay? <laughs> and he was like, a little bit, yeah. And I said, oh, okay. So that's that was hilarious. It. Is it gay to yeah. kiss women? Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so then, like from there on out, I was like, I've just been sort of, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like it's been seven years since I came out, and I'm still like, I think discovering things about it or about myself, because I was still. I think a lot of what I've experienced has been like compulsory heterosexuality. And so I'm still struggling with like, am I bisexual or am I a lesbian? 
because I would always, I would have crushes on any guy that was nice to me. Like if you, they were nice, I was like, that's going to be my boyfriend. That's it. We're gonna... <laughs> I was like, you don't need anything else. He's nice to me. And so, and then like looking back, I'm like, I didn't like any of those guys. Like if any of them had ever touched me, I probably would have like screamed. So I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I would have been like, oh no, thank you. Like I always had crushes on guys until they liked me back. And then I stopped talking to them. So, so I just. I don't know. So I'm still like working through all of that. But yeah, that's when I, that's when it first occurred to me. And it's been seven years of me like piecing through all of it. Yeah. I mean, there's real no like deadline for any of this stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Everyone's everyone's journey is their own. So no matter how long it takes, I mean, it's still your journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I'll talk to people and they'll be like, well, you don't have to like come out as anything you can do whatever you want but like for me as someone who like is kind of anal and like loves spreadsheets I'm like I would like to know like for myself if this is like the word that I want to use for myself it would be a comfort for me personally so it's just been it's been interesting and then I've also like never done anything so (laughs) I'm just like I'm just sitting in a bubble in my room like I wonder I wonder what I am, but I'm not like going on dates anymore or do anything. I've, I've only ever kissed one person and it was a boy and I didn't like it. And that was it. <laughs> and then since then I haven't kissed anyone. That it's so funny. Like I, I like, I feel like this is a retelling of my own life, except I'm older now. <laughs> I'm older and married and, but I, I've, I've been through this before. I definitely have. And there's, there really shouldn't be a rush for any of this. It's so ridiculous oh, yeah. that everyone feels like they have to rush into this. And you you definitely get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think, what part of the web series is, like, me being, like, you're allowed to calm down and, and you'll do things when you do them, you know? And sometimes I tell myself, like, when – because I think I have a lot of hang-ups, like, growing up fat and also um, – I'm really hairy <laughs> like, and I have like PCOS and so I have a lot of little tiny things that make me and you know social anxiety and so I, tiny things that make me uncomfortable with the idea of interacting with people in that way and so I'm like when you're ready and able to do these things that you say that you want to do then you're going to do them and you're going to be fine you know and it's it's totally fine and it'll happen when it happens but um, yeah how many people did you date before you met your wife? um I only actually started dating people when I was 19 Mm -hmm. and I mean all all the all the boys before that it wasn't really dating if I had to be honest with myself it wasn't dating it was a cover because I was sick of people asking me why I don't have a boyfriend or any of that crap and I didn't really like any of them and I was kind of like um you know how, like, fuckboys are? How they're, like, emotionally withdrawn? <laughs> Except yeah. I wasn't even fucking them. I was just emotionally withdrawn always. I was, right. like, the worst girlfriend. I didn't want to text them. I didn't want to hold hands with them. I didn't want to do anything. We basically just claimed each other as labels, and then I just kind of let them do all of the work and then gave them no rewards whatsoever. Oh, wow. And a lot of them loved that, and I have I no bet. idea why. <laughs> They were like, she's so cool. She's chill. She's not like other girls. She doesn't mind when I go party and I flirt with women. I mean, none of them like, even, I don't like, even know if they cheated on me at all. I don't even think I cared if they right, did. Exactly. 
That's yeah, I don't know what it is about men where they're like, she does not care at all, and that's amazing to me. <laughs> it's like, what well, kind of, all right, if that's what you want. I mean, I think the last actual boyfriend I had, I mean, it was a long-distance relationship, and I had broken up with him five times. Oh, because wow. Because I kept telling him, he deserves to go with somebody else who will actually be close to him and actually, like, I don't know, care for him. Like, right. Those were not my words. I'm sure I had other words. <laughs> Somebody that'll want to date him. Yeah, somebody who will want to be with you all the time and whatever. Because, like, these were all great guys, and I always felt really bad about it, but I just did not care about them. Yeah. Like, I cared about them as, like, a friend, and one of them, I was friends with them for, like, many, many years. Um, and anyway, so women, uh, are we talking, like, single... T- who is screaming at my door? Oh. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Hello again. Your host retroactively popping in here. Uh, this next question she asked, unfortunately, had a lot of personal details. A lot of it that has been requested to been removed. So I had to take a full chunk out of this interview. Um, but she has some nice, wonderful goodies about her process that I can't wait to hear about. So tell us about the process. Did you say you already recorded the first three episodes? Yes. So the first three episodes, the first one I did as part of my web series class at LEU. And then the second and the third episode, I literally recorded them back to back. We did the the second episode on on a Saturday at like 7 a.m. And then we did the third episode in a park at like 7 a.m. And, uh, um, and I, the first time I'd used iMovie to edit everything, it took me forever because I didn't understand anything. And then after that, I literally edited both of these episodes like in two weeks, which was insane to me because it took me like a month last time. And, um, and I wanted to do them so fast because there were like things that I wanted to try to submit it to. So I have the first three done, and I also have applied for a visibility grant. Um, I guess by the time this comes out, we'll already know if I got it. I'm supposed to find out this week, actually. I think I'm like, I hope the best Tuesday. for you. Yeah, I'm very excited. So, so with the crowdfunding campaign, I'm I know I'm going to hit eighty percent, so I'm at least going to get that amount of money. And then if I do get the grant, then I'll get additional funds, and it'll be really nice to be able to like pay anybody who participates in the project because now everybody's sort of volunteering their time. But um, we did the first three episodes; um, they're on my website, and the next three episodes are, is the last three that I want to try to finish by the time that I graduate next May. Um, just to have a whole season finished. So I, I've already written the last three episodes um, and I already know in my mind how I want them to go. They'll probably tweak a couple things. There's some dialogue that I've been like, oh, I don't like that. So I might change that. But other than that, like I know how I want it to go down. Um, in the fourth episode, I'm hoping to shoot maybe sometime around November, maybe hopefully. We'll see. Cause there's like holidays and stuff, but it'll definitely all be done by next May. I mean, I have really great people that volunteer their time to help me out with this, you know, especially people like Bree. And, um, and we, we shoot like a whole episode in a single day and we do it in like three hours. Like we're, we're very good about keeping on track and time and stuff. And I, 
I'm pretty anal, so <laughs> I'm, I plan a lot of it ahead of time to make sure that we stick to the schedule and stuff. And I, I just do my best not to waste people's time because I know that they're like volunteering their time to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, so we just have three more episodes that we need to shoot and then the first season will be done. And then I don't know, hopefully I can submit it to like a, I don't know, some sort of web series festival or something. That would be nice. To be honest, it all goes over my head. Like, I had no idea that, how much time it took to do anything. But you saying it took you a month to do editing on the first episode, I kind of feel that. Yeah, it Cause well, I, it's... Because editing takes forever. It didn't occur to me yeah. that editing is probably the longest part of making a movie. It was exhausting, and I'd never really used iMovie in this way. And the first episode, I think, is like four or five minutes, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is, especially because... I didn't have a boom or anything to record the sound. So all of the sound was recorded on individual iPhones. So like I recorded my own sound with a, with my iPhone that was sitting on the table and it just, I had it sitting there pretending like, Oh, the character was using it, but I was actually recording sound and Ooh, yeah. Giving away trade secrets. <laughs> and the person who plays opposite me, my friend Becca, she recorded her sound on there. So if I felt like, one of them sounded better or more clear than the other, then that's the one that I was going to use. And we did a couple mistakes the first time that I shot the, the first episode. I forgot there's, you're supposed to like clap before each take so that there's a spike in the sound. So you know how to line it up because your audio is separate from your visual. Yeah. So I didn't clap. So I had listen and slowly like move the audio so that it was, sync with the dialogue oh, no. and so ever. yeah and I was like there has to be a better way I don't understand and I only just realized when I was editing the second episode I was like once you've synced the first clip that's it the dialogue and the audio and the visual are synced and I kept cop I kept like pasting a whole new clip of sound and a whole new clip of visual and having to sync them again so this time around I just copy and pasted the very first clip that I already knew was in place and then I would just like toggle it around to like where I needed it to be edited if that makes sense so this moved so much faster because it was literally just me copy and pasting versus the first time it was me moving everything individually every single time and it was taking me forever and iMovie lags and I have a very old computer so I couldn't tell if it was actually synced or if it was just lagging because of my computer and so I would have to upload it to YouTube unlisted and watch it and then go back and edit it and it was just oh it was taking God. forever yeah it was a whole thing so that's why this time around it moved so much faster because I was like just just paste it <laughs> just paste it trial and error trial and error yeah but this time um Brie will be editing the episodes, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I was, yeah, she's that was part of the crowd. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she's helped me out so much. She like we'll meet up for coffee, and she, I don't, I feel like she's a consultant. <laughs> she, she does so much. That's why I really wanted to do this crowdfunding campaign because I would really like to be able to pay her for how much she Aww. has helped me with this. Yeah, so I, she. I would like to compensate her for like editing <laughs> the last three episodes. And I mean, pretty much being a producer, she, she advertises for my crowdfunding campaign as just as much as I do. So it's like, she's great. Yeah. She so, is so awesome. Yeah, she's very helpful. Sorry if you can hear my dog. No, no, it's fine. Trust me. Okay. My dog's in here. I have to let people know that that, that is my dog. It is not <laughs> any kind of whatever noise you think is happening. Okay. She like fully just snorted. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's okay. I actually thought that was coming from my side. I was like, what oh. is that cat doing? Okay. That's good. <laughs> I like totally forget that there's headphones in sometimes. And I'll just hear things. And I'll be like, is that, is that in my room? Or Yeah. <laughs> she just like, she keeps getting up and then she'll sit back down and then she just, sometimes she likes to step on the computer. I don't know. And I, I just keep trying to make sure she doesn't. So ideally, when do you want this to be done? I think I, I, I'm very much like, oh, I want to get everything done at once. But I'm like, you need to calm down. So I think ideally I would like to have the fourth episode out in November. If I'm able to, maybe the fifth episode out in December. But if not, January and the sixth by February or March. So I would like it done by like next early spring ideally is March spring I don't know but is that something I can't even tell anymore (laughs) so maybe by next March I I think I want it done before I graduate because I want to be able to have this thing I'm I want to have like a whole portfolio of things that I've done by the time that I graduate to be like you know I've made this and I've written this and you know to help like find a job so that I can write for television so (laughs) so hopefully by next March the first season would be done um and then if I could get it done that early, maybe maybe I could start on a second season if I really wanted to. Um, at the moment, I have very tentative plans to potentially move out to L.A. next year. So it's it's a little up in the air with whatever might happen in 2020. New York to L.A., I mean, those are very different places. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But that's like, I mean, if you want to be a TV writer, that's where the majority of people go. There's just so many programs and shows out there because they shoot out there, so it's it's where you gotta be, even though I really do love New York. I mean, I hope everything goes well for you. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, I think we should move on to the guest-to-guest question, unless you have something else you wanted to talk about or mention. No, I think, I think that was everything. Okay, so I think this is a segment of the show where we will do our guest-to-guest question. Uh, the guest to guest question is essentially where the guest from my last podcast will ask my guest from this one a question without knowing who each other are. And your question, I think this is a great question for you. Okay. So my last guest said, what do you think is the most important piece or format for queer culture media out there today? Ooh. And um, why? And why? Sorry. Okay. Well, I'm not an expert, but I really find that I think that the internet and like, and I don't want to say specifically YouTube, but like streaming services like that, you know, Vimeo and stuff. I really think that's the most, are we talking like media or does it, it's not specific or? I don't think it's specific. Like if you wanted to list a certain piece that you're like, this is the most important queer culture impact influence period yeah. right now you could go to it to narrow I, I feel like that'd be very hard to do narrow it down now like five yeah. years ago maybe it would have been easier but yeah. now I feel like there's so much going on I mean you can go by saying just like tv or internet twitter as you said or right you didn't even say twitter what am I talking no about? but I would I'm, I am thinking twitter I'm I'm in terms of like creating I think that like streaming services like that that make it accessible that it's so easy to upload a video and people don't necessarily have to pay to watch it and it's like people can find your stuff it's just especially like seed and spark they also do stuff um stuff like that 
anything that is accessible in that way I find is, is really good because like for me, I mean, I didn't see two women kissing until I watched a movie on YouTube in parts. So it's like, I, things like that I think are very helpful. And then in terms of just like connecting, I would say social media, like Twitter is such a big place. Tumblr, maybe even, I would say even TikTok now, (laughs) like I, things like that. I just, that's where you not meet your people, but that's where you see your people sort of like interacting. I follow so many gay people on Twitter and stuff. And there's just like a whole community that you wouldn't have, you know, without internet. I mean, with, yeah, because it's, it's, you know, it's not safe for everybody to go out and physically interact with people. And so I think the internet breaks down that barrier for people where it's not as easy for them to like meet other gay people. That was an excellent, excellent, excellent answer. Do you you. have a question for our next guest? Yes. And I, now I'm like, I hope, (laughs) I hope it's not rude. (laughs) Um, So my question is, why is baseball so boring? And, (laughs) and if you don't think it's boring, then defend it. Why isn't it? (laughs) What's so interesting about it? That's, that's, yeah, I could not answer that question because I just, I don't find entertainment in watching sports unless I'm participating in them. And I just don't know. It's just not. I don't know, like maybe if you're thinking about individual players, which who right. gets that far? I'm sure there's plenty of people who get that far into it, but it's like, I don't know. I just don't find it that entertaining either. Like any no. kind of sport, actually. Like there's just something, something about baseball in particular that I'm like, ugh. And I, I'm, I played like YMCA soccer and like YMCA flag football when I was younger, but I never really wanted to. But sometimes I will watch like the the women's, you know. Um, U.S. women's soccer team or whatever because they're just so amazing. They always keep winning, and that's great. I mean, but like watching women do sports, <laughs> I think I will change my answer because watching yeah. women do sports—that's different. Is there we go. Certainly, a lot more entertaining than watching men do sports, and I think that might be chalked up to personal preference. Right. True. Because but... I'm like, I'll watch that, but I don't care about baseball. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just. Sports are kind of boring to watch. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, that's how I feel. So that's my question. All right, since and there's really no way for you to answer why is it so boring because no, you don't know why it's boring. No, and it's like America's pastime, and I'm like, why? Because it was the only thing that America came up with. Right. And they're like, that's why it's great. And you're like, okay, calm down. Did America even come up with it? Do we even know? Oh, honestly, probably not. There are so many things that were like, we invented this. And it's like, we didn't. (laughs) You didn't invent anything. You didn't even invent the name of this country. Right, exactly. Anyway. Anyway, America, I'm on to you. (laughs) Um, And what is the recommendation that you would give to our listeners? Just anything that you really love right now. I think you actually gave it to us before. But for sake of tidying, what recommendation would you give them? Oh, oh, that's right. Well, my recommendation was actually going to be Glow. It's a, that Netflix show about the, the women wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that show. Uh, it's actually going to be ending soon. I think the fourth season is going to be the final. Maybe really Aww. sad. But I just really love it. It's just like, ugh. Ugh, I just love it. I don't know. And then, 
But yeah, actually, since I did go on such a rant about how much I, I love that web series, Little Horribles is a great web series. Um, I'm pretty sure her name's Amy Rubin. I'm going to be very embarrassed if that's not the case. But um pretty sure it's Amy Rubin. <laughs> She's great. She's gone on to direct other things. I've been like, you know, kind of watching her career a little bit. But but yeah, it's, it's really funny. And and you'll see people in it that, that are fam- like have blown up now. And you're like, oh, wow. Like Alana Glazer's in an episode. Issa Rae's in an episode. So it was really great great little web series that I love I live under a rock I don't know who any of those people are. <laughs> do you know like Broad City I I, I don't watch TV I don't oh, wow know. Okay. no that's great because this means like you get to see it all for the first time that's I, amazing I guess so I guess I will because the internet's <laughs> the only way I'd watch anything it's the only way I talk to people like watching TV I just kind of don't do like my little brother came over for a weekend and we literally sat down and watched both seasons of disenchanted together and mm-hmm. i was like wow i've wasted the entire weekend doing this <sighs> but granted i really liked the show right so then it's not a waste i ugh, my wife would disagree she's like we had things <laughs> we were supposed to do <laughs> and not to make her the bad guy it's true we did have things and i was just like oh i'm spending quality time hmm. my brother my yeah yeah. Well, somebody's got to stay on it. That's, your wife's got to be like, all right, we have to go to the world market already. The world market? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. It was it was really great to get to speak to with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was really nice. Absolutely. And I think your dog's like, it is food time now. Oh, yeah. Did you hear a whimper? I, I think I did. <laughs> and then I heard the clippity claps of the nails. And it just makes me think I needed to clip my dog's nails now. Well, let people know where they can find you. Um, On Twitter, you can find me at concrabs. It's K-O-N-C-R-A-B-S. It's a, a word I made up when I was younger, and I haven't stopped using it. Um, and in terms of my work, you can just go to my website, uh, www.celeniailugo.com. It's just my full name. And I have the first three episodes of the web series on there, and then I also have some of my comedy pieces that I've written and gotten published on there as well. I'm definitely going to have to look, check that out. Well. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for coming on. And I I hope the best for you. I hope you get your grant. I hope your show is a hit. And good luck along the way. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It was very lovely speaking to you. And I am going to watch your show for, like, for sure. Thank you. (laughs) And good luck with everything. Like, really. You too. Good luck with your podcast. This is great. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Bye.